We're beginning chapter 23 today, Kings 2, all about King Yoshiao. We saw in the previous chapter that King Yoshiao, he's the king of Judea, he gets a prophecy from Chulda the prophet that the destruction of Judea is imminent. Uh, it's not going to be during his time, but it's going to be. And Chulda's prophecy basically just confirmed what Isaiah gave over in chapter 21 on uh, the days of Manasseh. She's just basically saying that there's going to be no cancellation of this decree. And she doesn't give, even give a way to fix it. She doesn't say go do tshuva. She just says there's going to be a horbun. So what's King Yoshiao going to do about it? Well, remember what we said about the kings of Judea back uh, in the days of Chizkiyahu, in the days of Yoshaphat, that the kings of Judea, they have their own Masoret. They have a tradition. Even if a sharp sword is resting on the neck of somebody, never give up. Don't think that Hashem can't step in and save the day if you pray hard enough. That is, even if a prophecy has been decreed, don't give up. It's not over till the fat lady sings. We saw that with Yoshaphat. We saw that with King Chizkiyahu. Remember when the prophet Isaiah informed Chizkiyahu that he's going to die because he did not fulfill the mitzvah of Puruvu. He didn't marry. He didn't have children because Chizkiyahu saw through Ruach HaKodesh that he will beget an evil son. That was in Mesachet Brachot. And he says right back to Isaiah, Ben Amotz, that's Isaiah's last name, Isaiah Ben Amotz. He says, Ben Amotz, get out of here with your prophecy. We have a tradition in the Davidic dynasty. Even if the sharp sword is resting on your neck, we don't give up. It's not over till it's over. And sure enough, we saw Chizkiyahu undo the, un, undo the prophecy. He prayed intensely and was granted another 15 years to live. And of course, he did his Tehishtadlut. He tried to have a righteous son. He married the daughter of Isaiah, etc. It didn't work out. But we see there, and in the days of Yoshaphat as well, when he was supposed to get killed in the war against Aram, he prayed to Hashem. The the Gzera against him was annulled because the kings of Judea have their tradition that they can always change the prophecy. Well, here comes Yoshiao. King Yoshiao comes from that same stock of righteous kings of Judea. He's not going to give up. He's going to try to undo this thing. It's not a done deal yet, the destruction. It's not over till it's over. That's the motto of the Judean kings. And they're confident that they can contradict the prophecy or a prophet. They, they'll contradict the prophet when necessary. So let's see what Yoshiao is going to do here in chapter 21. Let's open up here in chapter 20, sorry, chapter 23, verse 1. So the king, King Yoshiao, and notice they called him the king because he's obviously acting in his capacity as a king. He summons up and he assembles, Vayesfu, to assemble, the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. So we're talking about the, not just the elders in age, but the Mechubadim, the respected leaders of Judea, calls them together. In verse 2, Vayala Melech Beit Hashem. And the king went up to the temple, to the house of the Lord. And every time you go to the temple, notice the word is Vayal, he went up. Not just geographically, but you're spiritually going up too. So it's always Vayal Beit Hashem. He goes up to the temple. And remember, he's gathering the people there. He's got them all together. The inhabitants of Jerusalem go there. And the Mechubadim, the respected people of Judea are there. Who else is there? Kohenim and Nevi'im, priests, 
the prophets. There's a bunch of prophets walking around Judea. And the entire nation, from small to big, and what did he do? He read to them this words of the Torah scroll of the covenant that was found in the house of the Lord. That's what he found in the last chapter. They found the Torah scroll. Now he's reading it to them. Let's go on one more verse and try to see what's going on here. He gets up on the on his like a bima, place to stand up. Again, we call him Hamelech. He's the king because he's acting like a king here. And he enacted a covenant before the Lord, to follow the Lord, they're making a covenant, we're going to follow Hashem, we're going to observe his commandments, his testimony, and his statutes. So you, you, you break down the, um, the laws into mitzvot, edut, and chukim. So the mitzvot of the mitzvot that we know, the edut usually refer to the holidays and the chukim are those special statutes that we can't understand their logic. And together that makes up uh, the commandments, uh, different categories of commandments. And he makes a commitment that we're going to go in the ways of the Torah. With all your heart and all your soul. To fulfill the words of this covenant that are written in this scroll, and all the people steadfastly accepted their covenant. What is Yoshiao doing over here? What's he doing? What's he reading to them? It sounds like he got them all together for the mitzvah of Hakel. You know, there's a mitzvah called Hakel on Chag Sukkot, where the king reads before the people something, a Dvrei Torah, or he reads the Torah. But that's not what's going on here. It's not that. When it says he's reading them the Torah, most of the commentators say he's not reading the entire Torah. He's reading most likely the section of the Tochacha, that punishment in Deuteronomy, chapter 28, that we learned last year, that the Torah scroll had been ominously open to. That's what he's reading to them. Now, what's interesting is that if you look at the uh, book of Deuteronomy itself, in chapter 28, the Tochacha, the very last verse, verse 69, and that's a lot of verses because there's a lot of curses. It says, These are the words of the covenant, which the Lord commanded Moses. And then it says at the end of the verse, In addition to the covenant, which he made with him in Chorev. So we, we have the use of the word Brit twice. And so too in verse 3 in our chapter, what we just read, that Yoshiao gets it together. And he says, To fulfill the words of this covenant, which are written in the scroll, and the people were steadfast in accepting the Brit. So we have over and over, over again the word Brit, just like we have in the Tokacha. But the question is, what is Yoshiao doing here? Got them all together here at this big ma'amad, this important hitvadut, um, we'll call it, or for bringing. And what's he doing? Gathering them all together like this. Well, now if you ask the Bible critics, They'll tell you that King Yoshiao is reading to the people the book of Deuteronomy, which had just been discovered, as we mentioned two shirim ago, because uh, they claim that the Torah scroll mentioned is the book of Deuteronomy, okay? And they say it was written not with the rest of the five books of Moses. 
It was written much, much later in the days of Yoshiao by the priests. And that's what he's reading to them. The contents of this newly found book, how do they come up with that? Well, as we said, Yoshiao in the coming verses is going to go on this all out attack against idol worship. And since that's the focus of the book of Deuteronomy, they say that this newly found book of Deuteronomy is inspiring him to do what he does, to obliterate all the idol worship. But, you know, there's a big problem with that theory, because if you look at the book of Chronicles, chapter 34, in the parallel narrative, it says right there at the beginning that King Yoshiao was a big tzaddik, and he was purging Judea of idol worship in his 12th year. Now, the renovation of the temple was in the 18th year, as we saw. And that's when the discovery of the Torah scroll happened, in the 18th year of Yoshiao during the Bedek Abayit. But in Chronicles, he was already doing his thing in the 12th year. He was purging Judea, which means he was already getting rid of the idols before this document was ever recovered. So let's go back. What then is Yoshiao doing by reading the Torah to the people? And it's very simple. He's gathering Am Yisrael together here to, re, to reaffirm their commitment to the Brit, to the covenant. Like it says, the covenant between the Jewish people and Hashem. Sometimes you have to do that. That means that because the Torah was given a long time ago at Mount Sinai. And every once in a while, it's important to get together and, you know, kind of reaffirm your commitment and renew it. Strengthen yourself. That's why even in the Chumash itself, after the Torah was already given, at Mount Sinai, we have Pashat Nitzavim, where the Jewish people, all together, it says, Tapchem Neshechem, your little ones, your wives, the stranger in your camp, the hewers of wood, all get together and you renew your connection to Hashem. After the Torah was given, there's a need to, re- to lechadesh, to renew, to reaffirm your commitment and your obligations. And that's why Pashat Nitzavim also comes after the Tochacha, which is interesting. Right after the Tochacha in Deuteronomy, the next Parsha is Nitzavim. So here King Yoshiao as well, he's reading the punishments to Am Yisrael and reaffirming the commitment. Now this thing of reaffirming the commitment over and over again, Rabbi Kahana explains it in his commentary on the book of Deuteronomy. He explains like this. If you look at the, the Brit, the covenant, the first one was between Abraham and Hashem, uh, the Brit Beit Abitarim. That was when Avraham was... Starting out, that was early on when Am Yisrael didn't even exist yet. But that was the conception of Am Yisrael. And then we have the next Brit, the next covenant was at Sinai when we got the Torah. Am Yisrael was born. And then you have our Pasha Nitzavim later on, we just mentioned, where they all come together after the Tochacha and they reaffirm their commitment entering to the covenant. That's what it says in Nitzavim. To enter the covenant of the Lord your God. Now, why are they doing it again in Nitzavim? The Torah was already given. Why do they have to reiterate the Brits? So Rabbi Kahana ex- explains there that, well, they're going to enter the land of Israel soon. And Moses is telling them, I'm not going to be around anymore. So you better shape up and fortify your connection to the Torah and what it says, because I'm not going to be there. And he knows he's going to die. So he wants to to strengthen them. So you have to constantly renew your commitment to the Brit. Because with the passing of time, the intensity level fades. A new generation starts to forget the generation of Sinai. They had no doubts. They were there. But the later generations have their doubts. 
So you have to reiterate your commitment. Now, just to go on on this, of Brit over and over again, we have it another time. After they enter the land, which is yet another stage in the development of Am Yisrael, they make another Brit in Shechem, right? You have Pashat Kitavo explains that when Joshua going to bring him in, and that's what he did, they went to Shechem again to reaffirm their commitment. So if you look at it, you have Brita Bitarim, that was the beginning. Am Yisrael was even born yet. Then you have the Brit at Sinai. Then you have the Brit in Parshat Nitzavim and the Brit in Shechem because each time Am Yisrael is reaching another maturity level. Now, why do I mention all this? Because that's exactly what King Yoshiao is doing here in verse two and three. King Yoshiao, he's not despairing. He heard the words of Chulda, the prophetess. He knows the destruction may be imminent, but he's still rallying the Jewish people. He wants to strengthen the covenant with Hashem. He's trying to stop the decree here. He's trying to turn back the wheel. He's got the Chorban standing before him. He's trying to make the Tikkun for that Chorban. He's going to go for it. He's going to try to save Jerusalem. And as we go forward in this chapter, he's going to try to turn back the wheel, burn out the idol worship, and try to even bring back the 10 tribes. He's trying to bring it all back and restore unity to the Jewish people. And... These harsh prophecies by Hulda, by Yeshiao, he's using that as a catapult to Chizuk, to restore the days of David and Solomon, to expand the borders of Israel, like he's going to do, bring back the 10 tribes, and he's going to make his, his effort, again, to turn back the clock and prevent the imminent Chorban that's been predicted by the prophets. Now, obviously, King Yoshiao has his, has his work cut out for him, but he's going to give it his best shot, and he's going to go on a rampage to purge Judea and the rest of Israel from any iota of idol worship. That's what we're going to see uh, in our next verses, in our next shiur. But before he does it, what did we see today? The first three verses here. He assembles on Israel, collects them, as it says in the verse, from small to great, katona gadol, priests and prophets, just like Moshe Rabbeinu, when he assembled the Jews in Pasha Nitzavim, where it says, your little ones, your wives, the stranger amongst you. Same thing here. Am Yisrael, in the days of Yoshiao, congregates in order to reconnect to the source after so many years of paganism, which had infected Judea during those days of Manasseh and Ammon. And so sure, it's an uphill battle for King Yoshiao, but he's going to give it his best shot and we'll see again in our next year the steps he takes to cleanse the land of Israel. And the Bible is going to walk us through it step by step. Stay tuned.